On this live episode of Transforming Cities, I was joined by John Drockman of Waterford Property Company. During our live event, we chatted about John's rise to being an accidental influencer, which came about after originally cutting his teeth with a daily real estate blog. We also had the opportunity to discuss his knack for seeking truth in the market, what makes for good networking in 2023, and how he curates his own newsfeed to gain the most insight. Be sure to let me know how you like this format and get on the list at transformingcities.io for future guest announcements. Let's jump into this conversation with John. Today's live though, I'm really excited to have you on, John. I've been following you now for quite a while, and I think I probably came across uh, your posts um, in the in the height of your accidental influencer stage, as you would call it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to, to talk about that a bit. Um, I want to dig into sort of what news sources mean today. I know that you have some interesting takes on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that ties into what modern networking means for us in the real estate space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I thought it'd be good to, to sort of end with best practices uh, when it comes to how do you sort of get all of this information, decide what is real, what is fake, you know, what is newsworthy, trustworthy, mm-hmm. um, and what you've sort of landed on for your, your kind of week to week and day to day, um, when you're looking through all that information. And then just, just as a heads up to all of our, our viewers, um, questions and comments are, um, welcome. So go ahead and add those in during the conversation. We'll be sure to, to share those with the audience and definitely have a Q and a at the end, if anything comes up. So let's uh, let's jump in, John. I, I want to talk about this accidental influencer, and maybe before we get to that, give the the viewers a, just a brief background of your history, um, kind of where you cut your teeth in, in real estate, and, and where mm-hmm. you are today, and kind of how we found ourselves at this accidental influencer stage. Yeah. So uh, first off, thank you very much for having me on. I'm really excited about this conversation as you and I were trading emails and talking. I thought it could be just an interesting conversation in this kind of new environment that we find ourselves in as it relates to social media and real estate news and all of that. And so, you know, you know, my background, I'm originally from Orange County, California. I started my career in real estate, uh, working as a commercial real estate broker for Grubb and Ellis, doing office and industrial leasing out of their Newport Beach office. I did that for a number of years, I think almost four years. And then I decided to go back to graduate school where I went to USC, where I got my MBA and my master's in real estate development degree um, back from 07 through 09. And so What's interesting is I was in grad school at a very interesting, unique time in the market because of the GFC, very similar to, I think, the position sort of we find ourselves in today, different, um, but still a cyclical event. And one of the things that I did there, which my classmates would know, is I created a a daily blog called The Daily Drack, where I would curate news articles that I would find, and I would send out emails uh, to um, using Google Reader, I think it was, um, where I would curate things and I had my own online blog and, um, and I would write comments about articles and the markets were shifting and changing so much at that time. I felt it was really important to understand what was happening and as we were going to be coming out of school and whatnot. And so I think that was sort of my first taste of sort of, you know, compiling information, stating my opinions. I would put little anecdotal facts uh, in certain things as it relates to that. And so, um, you know, what I would tell you is from my perspective, that was kind of the first taste of, I don't want to say influencing, but leveraging sort of the internet to get information out. So when I got out of grad school in 09, 
very difficult time to find a job because of the cycle. And um, I eventually landed with a firm uh, called Greenlaw Partners. That's an owner operator of mostly office and industrial assets in Southern California. I did everything from acquisitions, asset management, raising capital. I was there five years, and you know, I I, I always tell people I'm, I think I'm a pretty bad employee, uh, and so never got any coaches awards when I was growing up because I was always very highly opinionated and like kind of doing going by the beat of my own drum. So I made the decision back in 2014, uh, a little over nine years ago, to start my own firm. Originally, it was called Stillwater Investment Group. I started sharing office space with a business partner of mine. It's now my current business partner, Sean Rawson, uh, who was a buddy of mine at the time. We started sharing office space together because he was an entrepreneur. And at almost about not 11 months in, we closed our first multifamily uh, project, required a multifamily building in Long Beach, California together, where he found a project I raised the capital. And then uh, almost $3 billion in transactions later, uh, we've become 50-50 business partners. Uh, we have a firm now that's got, um, we do everything, mostly multifamily focus now from uh, affordable housing development to workforce housing development and investing to market rate development and investing. Um, I think we have almost 5,000 units in our portfolio. We've entitled probably another 3,500 to 4,000 units. We've done a lot of commercial value add. So um, uh, in my career and background, we're doing less of that now. Um, and so, you know, we have a team of about 15. We're based here in Orange County. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously tracking what's going on in the markets um, pretty closely. And I, I'm, I'm married. I've got three uh, great but crazy kids. Uh, and so uh, eight, almost six and uh, 17 months. So I have a wonderful wife who's very supportive and uh, yeah, wonderful family. Yeah, I love the overview. That's that's great. And uh, the ice on the cake, the, the beautiful family and the, the crazy kids yeah, running around. I can I can definitely uh, I can definitely feel you there. Got a yeah. almost three year old now, so he's he's doing yeah. the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, what what at what point in your trajectory did you start to get more consistent with posting on LinkedIn and kind of find yourself because your posts aren't necessarily three sentences and done. You go into no. some depth depth <laughs> and detail and you you share your opinions. When did that begin? Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. So about in 2015, I got a call from my former graduate school that they were looking for a teacher to teach uh, their office and industrial investment and development class. USC and the graduate real estate program, uh, they have these um, product, uh, the product type classes, they call them, where they bring an adjunct faculty member who teach two unit classes geared towards certain product types in real estate. So multifamily development, single family development, retail uh, development. And they had they had a space where they needed somebody to teach office and industrial development. Given my background, I, I jumped at the opportunity because uh, I'd always thought about wanting to teach and wanting to give back to my program. And that really kind of set me on this path of really viewing myself in, you know, obviously being in commercial real estate and a professional within commercial real estate. But also, you know, viewing myself as an educator. So I've taught there now. I think I've taught nine total classes since 2015. Uh, I've transitioned to where now I teach uh, a class on entrepreneurship, real estate entrepreneurship. I just finished up this summer semester. And so, you know, I was, I was creating these lesson plans and I was really diving into how real estate works, which has been, you know, really beneficial to me. Um, and, you know, candidly, I started after the pandemic hit, I started using going on LinkedIn more. 
I think like a lot of people, I actually quit Instagram and Facebook during the pandemic. I watched the social dilemma on Netflix and I said, Hey, this is not good. I was on Twitter too, for a period of time. And I was getting in arguments with people and I was like, you know, obviously, you know, that period of time was a very weird period of time. And a lot of people were online. I said, I don't know if this is necessarily healthy, but with LinkedIn, I always felt like I needed to be on it because it's a business platform. It's a platform that allows you to understand what's going on. Transparently, Google Reader doesn't exist anymore. So to curate news stories is harder uh, from the RSS feeds. I mean, these are things like, I actually talked to one of the people who works for me. They're like, what's an RSS feed? I'm like, oh, that's how you used to be able to get news stories. Right. And, and so I think from my perspective, as that got harder, um, I started using LinkedIn more to really follow people, get news, you know, get real estate news. Cause I've always been a big believer in understanding what's going on, being on top of the markets, wanting to know what's going on. So you can, you know, be, be on top of stuff. And so, you know, really I remember, and I would post on LinkedIn, but you know, candidly, it was mostly about us closing a project. I think it was very self-serving. And, you know, as I thought about LinkedIn, I kind of had this desire. I'm like, I just don't know if there's a lot of real authentic people on it. I think that there's a lot of people who are posting probably no different than myself. Just, Hey, we closed this project. Like life is good. And I'd always thought I'd love to find a way to incorporate what I'm talking about in school. That I always got really positive feedback because I'd be really open and honest with my students. And, um, I, I really would just wanted to find a way to leverage that. And so, I always thought LinkedIn would be the way to do that. And then what happened is really kind of, we stopped being as active as a firm because towards the end of last year, or towards the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, we sort of saw the market shifting. And the narrative on LinkedIn was very, still very positive. And I was like, I just think there's a lot of kind of garbage that's on here. And it's not doing a, a, a good service to the next generation of professionals, they're not getting prepared to understand what might be coming down the pipe. Mm -hmm. And that's really when I, I started posting sort of just posting stuff and just kind of comments about the market. And, and, and I, I had no preconceived notion with it. I didn't have any goals of, so I call my, you and I were joking. What do you call yourself? I'm like, I think I'm an accidental influencer. So I didn't, I didn't set out to gain followers or do anything. It was just, I'm just going to put out you know, the content that I wish I heard when I was 27, 28 years old. Um, and, and the content that I'm talking about in class, I'm just going to put it out there. And if people like it, great. People don't, it's fine. Um, and, and, and see kind of where it goes. So yeah. that's kind of how it all kind of began. Yeah. The, the, uh, the authenticity piece seems like it's really where you started and, and what the foundation was for those, mm -hmm. uh, those early posts. And, um, I don't want to spend too much time on this topic because it's not something that I, I think that you want to focus on and I understand why, mm -hmm. but I think through that authenticity, there was this sort of joke and sort of tongue in cheek <laughs> where you were, you became known as Dr. Doom there for a while because oh, yeah. you were speaking very. Uh, transparently and, and yeah. with authenticity. Mm -hmm. And at times it wasn't rosy and, and, and no, like every, no. everything's great out there, right? No, like you were kind no. of speaking the truth. Yeah. So, and I, I told this story a couple of times uh, in other podcasts, but I have a good friend of mine who we were together and he was like, oh, I've been reading a couple of your posts, man, you're really negative. You're sounding like Dr. Doom out there. And I was like, oh, that's kind of catchy. Maybe I should say that one time. <laughs> and um, 
I'm kind of more of a person who just sort of, you know, tries stuff and, and doesn't, you know, necessarily worry too much about, oh, what someone's going to think about that. I, it, that's not necessarily it. So I told him, I said, you know what? I think I am going to call myself Dr. Doom in a post. He's like, oh, you never do that. I'm like, no, I will. And so, <laughs> and I did. And um, it was really tongue in cheek. And I've said this before too. Like I, I tend to be a very uh, positive person, um, you know, but I, I'm positive but you have to understand, and this is where I think that Dr. Drumper sandwich came from is, you know, real estate isn't all sunshine and rainbows and it can be a, a difficult, challenging business. And it's a cyclical business. It always has been. It always will be. The highs are great. The lows are hard. And so when you recognize that, it's just natural that we're going to go into these cyclical periods of time. And I think what I saw on LinkedIn was this, this belief of, oh, we're not going to go into a cycle. And I'm like, if you study real estate, this is just how it is. And it almost, you almost shift from being negative about cycles to more just accepting of it, right? Like it's almost like the seasons of the year. Sometimes it's summer and it's really hot. If you live in other places, sometimes it's really cold in the winter. I guess I choose to live in California where there's never a cycle of weather. There's not really seasons where you are. (laughs) Yeah, But these things do shift. And so you can get super negative about it or you can accept it. And And I found that people, why I sort of said that is I was trying to reach people and trying to say something that would sort of grab their attention. It's one thing I found on LinkedIn. You kind of got to do that. And it, for me, especially last summer, it was like, look, there's, there's, there's things on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And we have to all be aware of that as an industry and to th- be thinking about this stuff because there's some negative stuff out there. And this is, I don't want to digress too much, but the funny part was when I would go to a real estate conference, when I would talk to people within the industry, these are the conversations we were having but it wasn't getting, it wasn't being done on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. And I know people who don't even write their own posts and somebody else does. And I'll see like, Hey, why'd you write that post? Like you were all positive. I just had coffee with you. And he goes, yeah, but I don't even do it. And so my, my point was, I felt like there needed to be a little bit of a, a shock to this. And, and by saying I was Dr. Doom, I think it, 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 it created more uh, of that. And yeah. I think when you, when you think about LinkedIn, sometimes you need that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transforming Cities, brought to you by Authentic. Authentic delivers premier multifamily brand experiences and smart digital marketing. Our proven approach aims to accelerate leasing velocity, boost rental rates, and increase long-term value. Simply put, we see brand as a business asset. You can find out more at AuthenticFF.com. I think that's a good transition into this idea of of news sources and yep. what is a good news source because because you're you know you've you've had a decade or more in the industry you've gone oh, back yeah. to school you've seen the cycles you have a specific lens uh, with which you look through in terms of mm-hmm. what is a reliable news source and I know that we've, yep. we've sort of talked about this a little bit in the past one on one but. Tell me your thought process for what you consider to be a good news source and, and really like what you need to look out for today, especially yep. on platforms like LinkedIn. Yeah. So I think, you know, first and foremost, to, to me, um, I think that the, the benefit of the real estate markets now is the amount of data that's out there um, and the amount of data sources that are out there. So I would tell you that, you know, I and people have a lot of mixed thoughts about CoStar. You know, CoStar can be viewed as a monopoly. Uh, I I tend to love CoStar. I think they put out really good 
uh, information. And more importantly, they allow you as a practitioner to do your own research and curate your own data. And, and CoStar is sort of benign to the fact of, you know, sort of the data is just the data, meaning what occupancy is in a, in a project, they're fairly accurate, but they don't care if it's gone up or gone down. They're just putting out the data and they make money based on the data and company subscribing. So they don't necessarily make more or less money if the market goes up and down. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell you that nowadays I, I, I generally do a lot of my own research, which means I'm going on CoStar. Uh, I also subscribe to TREP. So I have access to loan data or I can study the loans and look up certain things. And so I'm, I'm constantly trying to use the data from CoStar, the market research reports that they have, um, I think are, are, are really good. Um, their data on, you know, if you look at multifamily, you know, new supply, they've gotten much better over the years on the multifamily side by buying apartments.com on their data. And so I think I'm trying to find unfiltered, sort of data on my own for me to sort of triangulate, not going to news mm. sources. Because where I get a little bit, you know, I, I won't always trust news sources, good or bad, right? And I'm not trying to say there's a bunch of fake news out there. I'm just saying you, you when you look at, uh, I'll give you an example. If you look at a multifamily market, you can skew data. Let's say if you were a brokerage firm, you could skew data to say, oh, the market's not that bad. And the various things. What I like about doing my own research on CoStars, CoStars just data. And so you can manipulate it. So I think that's important. I think I told you this on LinkedIn. I, I unfollow a lot of people. And, and what I do is first off, if anybody ever posts something political, I always unfollow. I don't go on LinkedIn to talk about politics. That's just, that's just like a secondary thing. You'll never, I mean, I think it'd be rare if you ever see me post about politics. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care about anybody else's politics. That, that's, that's, and you're not going to solve anything by talking about politics on LinkedIn. But I, I really want to try to find and curate my own feed on LinkedIn from people that I think are being authentic, that are putting out good content, that are trying to put out things that maybe don't benefit themselves, but are just true about what's going on. And so I, I'm very careful about you know making sure my personal LinkedIn feed is content that's high quality and that's really authentic. Um, you know, I, I tend to read, you know, both nationally and locally. So, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal almost every day. Um, and um, I, I, I tend to like that. That's kind of more macro. As it comes to real estate, you know, I read my local Orange County Business Journal. I'll always read, you know, the real deal I subscribe to and I like. Um, uh, I'll get, you know, Globe Street and BizNow. Um, but I'm always doing some of that with just sort of a watchful eye. Um, right. And... Um, I get commercial real estate direct now that I've got TREP, which I think is a pretty good news source. I don't subscribe to it, but real estate alerts a great news source too. So, yeah, those are those are really great tips because I think this question here is something that we've talked a lot about, which which is what is the truth? Because it is difficult to discern with all of the the media, the podcast. I mean, even this podcast included, right? So I'm bringing people on; they're sharing their opinions. Should I listen to him or her? Conferences, like you mentioned, other posts on LinkedIn. What is real? And I think that's that's a challenge with what is news today. Well, and it's also what's real today. And and then you're also trying, and I said this in a recent post, is, you know, Wayne Gretzky's coast, if you don't, you don't skate to where the puck is, you skate to where the puck is going. And so I think a lot of what I find, I don't necessarily find people lying in the present where I feel like is they're lying about the future, right? And they're 
or, or they're just misconstruing certain things right. to, to, to create a narrative where it's like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Like you've seen this a lot in the office markets over the last two or three years where people have been like, oh, people are coming back. Oh, buying office is a contrarian play. Like, oh, everyone's going to come back to the office. And it's like, I, I just, I don't think that's the case. And if it's not, what happens if the opposite happens? And so mm -hmm. I think specifically on LinkedIn, you know, that's the other thing is you have to look at, like I've never raised money from anybody on LinkedIn, like never done a syndication, never done any of that. Not to say I wouldn't in the future, I, I just haven't. I see a lot of people who use LinkedIn to raise money. And so my point would be, you probably want to be a little bit careful with that because if they're raising money, they're obviously going to portray a story of, oh, this is really great, right? Everything's, you know, things are going to be better in the future. So let's invest right. today. So right. that's hard. Yeah. Uh, that that does lead into another part here, which has to do yeah. with modern networking. And, and as, yeah. as a real estate professional and other real estate professionals watching, um, you know, there, there's definitely a camp that I'm sure is just sort of sitting on LinkedIn and following these people that you're mentioning and the people mm -hmm. that I follow too. And, and that's it. But at the end of the day, you know, I think there's a, there's a caution to be, to be had there. And I think mm -hmm. there's also a, a point to be made that in-person relationships or phone calls or zoom calls like that still very much matters oh, in, yeah. in the real estate industry. What's your take yeah. on, on that? Well, so, I mean, first and foremost, I think as you think about LinkedIn, as you think about things like Zoom, I mean, Chris, I think about us, right? I've never met you in person. I've had multiple conversations. We've connected. Um, and that's the power of a platform like LinkedIn. It's the power of being able to do Zoom calls nowadays. And so I think that, you know, um, it, it, that's where LinkedIn, I, I, I think personally, um, and, and I know this, you know, what's interesting to me is, when you see Jonathan Gray from Blackstone, who just got on LinkedIn, I think nine months ago, leaning into it, you know, they're black. He's Jonathan Gray at Blackstone. He's one of the most successful real estate professionals out there today. When you see him lean into it, you go, okay, there's something here with LinkedIn and this can be a powerful tool, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you should always do what Blackstone does, but they're a good barometer of our industry. And so as I see that, I, I think LinkedIn can be really powerful. I've connected with people through it, through my post, meeting people, potential equity partners. Um, I, I joke, like I literally was uh, in Dallas at this meeting uh, to try to get approvals on a project. And there was me and one of the people who works with me and one other person there to get approvals for another project. He came up to me and he's like, hey, are you John Drackman? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, I follow you on LinkedIn. I really like your stuff. And we connected right there and the person I worked with, you know, was like giving me a hard time about it. But my point being is like, I don't know that person and, but this person knows me. And so I think it can be good mm. and you can, any way you can meet more people in industry, real estate's a relationship business. However, there's a flip side to this and that I think real estate's still a local business. And so I think you still want to be making the direct connections with people. You still want to be going to industry events, meeting people face-to-face, -face, having coffee mm -hmm. with people, creating those relationships, going on trips with people, going to certain places and meeting face-to-face. -face. There is no substitute for that. I think, you know, LinkedIn is a great way to, you know, get stuff out there, but it's not the real sort of work, right? Yeah. And that, you know, um, when, when you connect with somebody in, in person and you meet with them, I think even more so now 
I think it's more impactful now because it is easier. Hey, let's just jump on a Zoom. No, let's go grab coffee. Let's go do yeah. this. If you have a big client going out there and flying out there and seeing them saying, no, it's important. I know we could just do a Zoom and it would be way easier. And so I, I tend to believe that, you know, LinkedIn is a, is a good tool, um, but you should still do the work of, you know, connecting with people in person, talking to people on the phone, grabbing coffee, mm-hmm. doing all of that. Um, and so I, I, I think that's really important. And, I, and again, I think when you're connecting with people or you're reading people on LinkedIn, it goes back to a little bit of an earlier point. You just want to be thinking to yourself, what's this info out there? Why is it out there? You know, if I was a younger professional, recognize the fact that like, I write my own stuff. I don't use AI. I write it all myself. It's long-winded. I know people tell me it's way too long-winded. My wife will tell you sometimes I have edits and errors in it. I got to do a better job of that. But I, but again, I, and what I tell is like, I'm really, my goal is to be very authentic. And so when you see other people posting, just understand a lot of times, like, especially like successful people, they have other people that post for them. So just be careful with the information um, and, and just be careful that you're not like, oh, I have all these LinkedIn friends and you're eating lunch alone every day and you're not grabbing coffee with anybody. You're just sitting in your house all day long. Right. And so right. I, I think you want to be careful with that. Yeah. I, um, I want to start to wrap up here and get your uh, kind of best practices list um, dialed in and, and hear from mm-hmm. you on that, that front. But, I, but before we do, there's your, uh, your comments here just reminding me of another fellow California real estate professional who has uh, a following on LinkedIn is, has mm-hmm. grown over the years. Sean Ward, if you're familiar yep. with the name, yeah, he posted Sean. some, yeah, he posted something today or yesterday about this concept of there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of great ideas. They can, they can add to the conversation, but so many of them across the industry choose not to, and they, or they feel nervous to do so. Do you have any recommendations or, or, or sort of encourage encouraging words for those people that maybe want to do a little bit more of that posting get a little bit mm-hmm. more vocal and get out there from a networking perspective, but mm-hmm. maybe they feel like, eh, I don't know if I should, or I don't have enough to contribute. Well, I, so I, it, it's an interesting question and I'm going to give you kind of like a, a pro and a con with it. I think for myself, Chris, you know, when I, when I think about when I started posting, I, I will say I remember posting about the markets through that daily draft blog I had when I was in graduate school. And um, one of my friends mentioned, made a comment. They're like, oh, you kind of like, kind of sometimes like seem like you kind of know it all about the markets. And, you know, at the time I'd only been in real estate four years. I was just coming out of grad school. And this comment was sort of tongue in cheek, but it, it, it kind of resonated with me a little bit. And I said, hey, you know what? Um, maybe I am a little young. Let me get some experience. You know, now with me posting, you know, I look at it as, you know, I have a lot of experience in real estate that I can share. I've done a lot of things. I've raised capital. I've participated in projects. So I have a good track record. I also teach. So I think I, I I think, um, I I've seen what I've taught with that. And so a lot of the lessons and things I post on LinkedIn, I, I will say, Hey, my students know I say this. And so I, I would say that to Sean's point, I, I would say I think there's a healthy balance where you want to make sure that if you're going to be posting things that and you want to be authentic, you do need some credibility too, right? And I do see some people who will post things on LinkedIn where I, I'll see the post and I'll go, how many years have you been in real estate? Like, and you're making those posts and, you know, wow, like, you know, maybe like, 
you know, you, you want to sort of, you know, get a little bit more experience. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because I don't want to say to somebody, you shouldn't go out there and, cause I'm also the type of person where it's like, Hey, if you want to do something, go do it. Don't let anybody in your way. I would only tell you, I think where I've been probably able to leverage LinkedIn if, if my goal was to gain followers, which it's not, but it's happened. But I think I've been able to do it more so because there's credibility behind who I am. Mm-hmm. And so there's a healthy balance there, right? Uh, Sean, who I know, you know, he's a successful industrial broker in Orange County and the Inland Empire, been doing this a while. So if he posts something and I follow him, I mean, I, I'm going to trust that he knows what he's talking about. He talks a lot about cold calling and all of that and, and how he's marketed himself as a broker. And I'm going, well, he's been doing this. I don't know how long Sean's done it for, 20 years, 15 years, whatever it is. I would tell anybody, oh, you should listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. And so yeah. I, I don't know if that makes sense, Chris. So I, I, I think that if you think about, um, you know, leaning into something, you know, maybe it's you do things where you post interviews of people or you're doing things where you're posting what other people said rather than taking trying to take on this sort of thought leadership. And I think there's a healthy, healthy balance there. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's spot on. And I would say for anyone who is newer to the industry, you know, kind of digesting what is already out there from thought leaders like yourself and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe putting your own spin on it or adding a yes. comment to it or an additional yes. thought to it, I think is a, a really yes. great place to start. And I would say first and foremost, your first, like, go be successful in real estate, right? Like yeah. follow, get on LinkedIn, follow, but like really try to be successful first. Um, you know, but I know it can be a great tool to market. So it's, it's, you know, it kind of depends how you want to use it. I do see some people who want to try to be thought leaders, I think too early. And I think that's, I kind of did that. And then I stepped back completely from that. Now, when the next cycle came, I was like, I'm in a better position to try to, you know, add value to the conversation because of where I've been and what I do. Right, right. Well, let's, uh, let's start to wrap up here. So for anyone watching or listening here, um, feel free to add any questions that you have for John. We'll, we'll definitely get to those, um, in a moment here, but, um, I would love to sort of in summation, Mm kind of talk through your best practices for, Mm -hmm. um, how you're finding news, how you're deciding to post, um, Mm -hmm. what your, what your sort of tips are for developing relationships and Mm -hmm. so forth for others that can kind of write these down and, and, and sort, sort of, you know, begin to lead that in their own professional lives. Yeah. So in terms of kind of these best practices, curating your LinkedIn, I think if you find people, because when you make a connection, you automatically get their feed. Don't be afraid to unfollow people. If you find that you can unfollow them, they don't know you unfollowed them. And you really want to make sure you're getting good content out there that's worthwhile, that's helping you. So I think don't, don't mistake that unfollow button as a bad thing. It can be a great thing. Um, I think when you think about news, I think reading, trying to read legitimate news sources, trying to get a lot, trying to read a divergent point of view on news is important. I think doing your own research in terms of your data and your, um, you know, going on CoStar, looking at data yourself and coming up with your own beliefs about what's happening, uh, I think is, is definitely important. Um, and don't be afraid to connect with people when people connect with you and, 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 and you know, jump on Zoom calls like we did, Chris, and, and connect. Uh, and, and build and develop those relationships. But, but again, just understand it, it, it's, it's, it can be a great tool to make connections, but keep doing like, it's not just something to make a connection. Like if you, if you were in Orange County and you're following Sean Ward and you're like, wow, he puts all this great stuff out there, you know, don't just comment that 
hey, Sean, can I buy you a cup of coffee one time? I'd really like to, to meet you. My sense is somebody like Sean or other people are happy to do that. And so I think leverage LinkedIn to, to build relationships, but you still got to do the piece that's right. you know not just, oh, no, I know, I know John. I made a comment on his post that he liked. It's like, that's yeah. not a relationship, right? Right, right. Um, it's funny. I'm thinking about this. Don't, uh, well, so one thing I would t- say is, you know, I try not to post, I always go kind of like once a week, right? I, my posts tend to be long and I kind of will think about something and I'll just kind of write it out. Usually then I'll come back to it like the next day and then go, do I like this? Sometimes I don't, sometimes I just post it. Um, um, but I, what I always think is I try to do it once a week and I'm always thinking like, somebody read this, does this benefit them or is it only benefiting me? And yeah. I think that's a practice that I try, always try to do. Am I giving somebody something that helps them. And what I find is whenever I do that, that's when I get more likes. That's when I've gained more likes. So, so think about others too. Um, and so don't be afraid of that. Um, you know, the don't be displaced. I'm curious. What did I say about that? I I think, yeah, I think that was, I think that that just had to do with, um, you know, kind of not being so focused, uh, on all, all the things all the time and really being, yep. really being focused on, uh, some of the pillars that you're talking about. And I yep. think bringing it back to the old school real estate, which is, you know, at the end of the day, you know, need to be on a call, have a handshake, have a coffee, 100%. meet, meet people in person. It's one thing. And I, and I joke, you need to get out of your office. You need to go tour projects. Yeah. You need to go meet people. Yeah. You need to go drive your neighborhood. Right. It's, it's funny because you know, will I don't see my real estate projects enough. It's always something that I beat myself up on because inevitably when I go, I'll be like, oh, what's that going on across the street? Who's is that a new restaurant? Oh, we should market that. That's gonna be cool. We should go do like, hey, what's going on with the pool here? This furniture looks terrible. Why do and yeah. so my point is is like there is a sense of yes, being online and all that's great. You also got to get out into the real world, right? And right. especially in real estate, because you know, going to conferences, meeting people live, touring projects, driving your market, you can see things and and you can pick up on stuff and you go, huh, man, why is that parcel vacant right there? There's, there's stuff around it. What's going, I literally was driving yesterday with my kids and I saw this like vacant corner and I was like, huh, like, why is that corner vacant? And I made a note and one of my team members, I followed up with him like, Hey, like, should figure out that's a great corner like what's going on with that now there might not be anything there my point is getting into a car and driving sometimes you can find opportunities so it's it's, you just can't be staring at a screen the whole time absolutely well, John, this has been great. If if anyone has any questions, feel free to to throw them that this way. And I know that you're always available on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. You're you're uh, you're really great on that platform. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. how we connected. So, mm-hmm. thank you again for for being a part of this conversation. I think it's really important just to sort of talk to someone who's become an act- accidental influencer, understand how they got there, and really what your mindset is, because I think you have a really good mindset for what this is so anyone can follow up with you on linkedin obviously mm-hmm. waterfordco.com is is mm-hmm. the is the address as well mm-hmm. um for, for anyone that wants to listen to this back or share this with their colleagues uh, just follow us at transformingcities.io and you'll definitely get a copy of this and um, i'll be sure to send this over to you as well john uh, once Sounds it goes great. live I'll, uh, I'll post it on my feed and again i appreciate the conversation and uh i think it's it's a, it's a very interesting one given the the timing and and just I think the popularity of LinkedIn since the, since COVID hit. It is absolutely. Um, well, John, thank you again. It's been super insightful. We kept it short and sweet, and I think uh, this is going to be great for everyone in the industry. So thank you again. Of course, my pleasure. <laughs>